Okay, welcome to episode 134 of The Space in Between. It is you and me, my friend, and we're going to dive into loneliness. We started this conversation with Annette last week, and I wanted to just give you some other little nuggets to to ponder into, dig into. But before we do, we have have a couple of announcements happening here in Nomadland. So as you might already know, if you are a you know a nomad or, or have listened to this podcast before, uh, I released my first solo book, Dear Radiant One, uh, last month, and it has been such a joy being able to share these stories with you all. Um, it's also been such a joy hearing back from those of you who've been reading. I've been receiving texts and emails and DMs and just all these different messages from people who are digging into this book and, you know, acknowledging the story that I share, but also the reflections of their own stories and, you know, what's coming up for them as, you know, part of the book is a transformational guide where we dig into embodying the shadows and the light, bringing the, you know, embodying this radiance that is, that is you. So it's been such a joy to receive, you know, how things are coming up for people in terms of fear, in terms of how they're making friends with, you know, with fear or anger or shame or guilt or sitting and looking at joy in a new way or how, how to approach love and connection. So it's been truly a blessing to to be able to share that experience. But I also, as we're, as we're, you're listening to this now, um, have just released a self-paced program, Embodied Radiance, which is, is a continuation of the book. Because what I have found in the past, when I have dove into books that have, you know, this kind of workbook situation or, you know, that self-help element where there's practices to do on your own, um, they can be very powerful, but they're also just words on a page. And there's not that, there's not this multidimensional experience that you, you might need for some, for some of us, because we all learn in different ways. So embodied radiance is to give you that multidimensional experience of the practices that are in the book and also to take you a little bit deeper. So in embodied radiance, we have, um, seven different modules that take you through, you know, basically what's in the book, um, the shadow and the light emotions through the chakra system. And in each module, there are recordings of guided meditations, uh, the, my movement practice, just like a little short practice, bite-sized podcasts and, and other ways of looking at and walking through that what is in the book, and again, even a deeper version of it. So it's a beautiful complement to the book. So if you have read the book or you're about to read the book and you're thinking, I really would like a guide to take me deeper into this, well, my friends, here I am. You can go on your own. It's, again, it's it's over at my website, phoebeleona.com, and you can go there on your own. But also, starting May the week of May 23rd, I will be leading group sessions, monthly group sessions where we'll come together and you can dive, we'll dive into them together. So if there are questions that are coming up or, or there are things that you're feeling stuck, there are walls that are coming up for you and we want to work through that. You'll have an opportunity to work in a group setting with me and with others who are walking along this path of embodying your radiance. Um, 
each month. So we'll dive in each month into one of the modules. So this month we will start in the space of moving from fear to trust. And next month we'll we'll sit in the space of, you know, how to how to express anger in a healthy way and use that fire of anger to move into inspiration and enthusiasm for, you know, what what brings you, sparks you up in life. So we'll just continue to move along the path each month and you can join at any time. So if you are hearing this a little bit later than when we're going live with the podcast and you still want to join in, it is rolling admission. So you can just dive in with us at any point. Um, and then you can also have the option to work with me privately. So if you know that this is going to be a, a rather bumpy road and you really want want me to hold your hand along the way, then we can work privately together as we as you go along this Embodied Radiance journey. So you can find out more over at phoebeleona.com. And we also will be doing this in um, a retreat setting in Costa Rica. So right now through June 12th, there is an early nomad special happening for the Embodied Radiance Retreat in Nosara, Costa Rica. I'm so excited to be back, going back to Nosara, Costa Rica. I love it there. And we've had some really beautiful retreats there in the past. And this is going to actually be a new property that we're going to get to explore together. So if you're interested in embodying your radiance in Costa Rica, I encourage you to go over to the Nomad website, thenomadcollective.org and sign up because there is an early Nomad special happening before June 12th. And the last thing that I would just want to let you know is that if you are a healer, a facilitator, a teacher, a guide, anyone who owns a heart-based centered business or doing this heart-based centered work service for service to the world, I invite you into our guides program, which is spa- holding space. We have a beautiful community growing here where we're holding space for you as you're coming up to, and you might kind of lean into this conversation today around loneliness, but we also are, are providing not just community support, but resources, like how how can you grow your business if you want to step into more impersonal events as things are opening up again? How do you build a retreat? How do you build a uh, you know, big event like an in-person small, you know, like a festival? How do you want to um, you know, co-create with other healers and facilitators because you're feeling a bit lonely out there just doing this work on your own? So Nomad, the Nomad Guides program is creating that space for you to have the community support, to network, to grow your business, to feel that you have more skills, where you're offering more skill sets to um, expand and grow. So there's so many more other things that we offer within the Guides program. So I encourage you, if you are a healer, a guide, a facilitator, a teacher out there that is doing the heart centered work, uh, go over to thenomadcollective.org and find out more there. And the last little thing that I want to just let you know, if you are loving our podcast, loving the message out here, and you want to help us support us with, um, keeping it ad free and, you know, getting a little bit more of a connection with us, you can become uh, a supporter. So you can become a nomad supporter. It's only $11 a month. It helps us fund this podcast to stay again, ad free, but also you get a couple of 
special perks like invites to free events that are happening at the Nomad Collective on our online membership program. So go ahead and find that all over at thenomadcollective.org and you can become a supporter. You can also become a member where you get a couple more extra perks there, but we would love, love, love to connect with you beyond just having you hear our voices. So that's what's happening here in the Nomad Collective. And now today we're going to dive into loneliness. And this was a conversation that if you listen to last week's podcast, Annette and I kind of explored a bit together and how we can move from that space of loneliness. And I'm going to talk a bit more about what loneliness is and who who is feeling perhaps lonely invite invite you into your own space of loneliness but also you know in this space of doing this heart-based work we really talked about like how can we co-create as a healing so where shall we start so let's just first talk about loneliness in general yeah so i i truly believe that loneliness is a global epidemic it has been amplified the last several years, specifically around the pandemic, when we were really had to isolate and become separate for a period of time. But I think that was only the amplification of how lonely we have already been as a society. Um, I think another wave of amplification came back in like 2007 or eight, whenever social media, like Facebook became a thing. Um, it, for a period of time, I think it created this sense of connection where we're connecting with old friends, you know, from high school or college or, you know, our past kind of lives. And we got to connect with these people that we didn't think we'd ever see again, but they're also created immediately this sense of loneliness because we were trying to compare ourselves, right, to to the other, to make sure that our persona, our life looked, you know, shiny and, and glimmery and, you know, approved by others. And that, that created this sense of loneliness and isolation. But I think it's been happening even before this kind of space of, of sharing and the social media aspect. I think it's been happening for a long time. We could go back to, you know, when we started to build out the suburbs, when people were leaving cities and going to the suburbs and the husband was going into work, right, into the city and the the wife w- was there caretaking the the families and, you know, staying at home alone and there, you know, if you ever watched Mad Men, you could get that sense of loneliness. There was just so much of that isolation and and loneliness that that was just like that undercurrent of that of that series. So, and I think it's been happening further and further back, but I want to speak into that today because I think that it's what it just keeps getting louder, right? It just this idea and feeling just continues to get louder as you look at how we're all, you know, feeling it and whether you're identifying it as loneliness or not, you might see it as depression. You might be medicate, you know, being medicated for something like depression or ADHD or something like this that feels like, oh, I'm not enough. So I have to take a drug to, you know, become what's what's um the norm, right? To feel normal and to feel connected to others. But you might even feel that that's created even more of a separation. So 
oh, there are just so many layers to how our society has built up this space of isolation and separation and, and has created this epidemic of loneliness. And so I'm, we're not going to dive too much more deeply into that because what I really want to offer in this space of the space in between isn't just to wallow in what's wrong in the world, but really to offer, okay, a solution. Like, how can we change the lens? How can we not point fingers? You know, we could sit here all day and I can continue to list all of the things of how our, you know, smaller units, you know, our parental units, our bigger units like society, collective, um, has created this separation and and loneliness. We can continue to sit here all day long and point the fingers, but how can we also turn inward? And that's really this exploration and nomad is like, how can we turn inward and see our own accountability? How can we have agency and, and start to take make new choices, right? First, turn the light on, right? Turn that light on. Awareness is the transformation. And then see that there are other options and then to make those new choices and take these actions. So that's what I really see as Nomad is, is this this journey of within to turn that lens inward. And really, because as the Dalai Lama said, right? be the change that you want to see in the world. We can't continue to point fingers. When we turn and point fingers outside, that's continuing to continuing that that cycle of separation. It's continuing to see that that there's other. And that's continuing to separate ourselves and feeling like we don't belong somewhere. Right? It might look like we're pointing the finger and saying they don't belong, but it's also a separation that you don't belong somewhere as well. So that's the conversation I want to have today here is looking at that. How are you an active or active participant in it or a passive participant in it? And I'll, I'll go into my own story here. So this book that I've been talking to you all about, Dear Radiant One, was truly a light bulb on for me um, in, in this space of loneliness. So if you did read... Um, did read the book, there there was a huge chunk in my life after my parents separated when I was seven to about the time that I decided to leave my dad, which was about 15, where I lived with him primarily. He was my primary caregiver. There was a lot of, um, there was a lot of trauma there. There were a lot of secrets that were being held um, from my between the two of us, my father and myself, but there were also secrets that I was keeping from my, the rest of my family. And I did this in a place of devotion to my dad to um, also not feeling like I could trust. Like I, there was a big, there was a deep sense of not trusting that I was going to be taken care for if I, if I said something. Like it, it ended up being that, and I'm just starting to really connect the dots too because, and I'll get to why in a moment, but I'm, there was a sense of like, if I, here's this person who loves me and who's to protect me, my father, and he's not providing that, that protection and that support. He's actually being the instigator. He's the one who's creating the chaos in my life. So these other people in my life that I absolutely love, and I know that they support me and love me and, and I trust, but what if I lean into them and I tell them this secret and they don't? 
they, they also turn their back. And so it was actually a lot easier to pretend that everything was okay in my life with my other members of my family, like my, my mom, my grandmother, my aunts. It was actually a lot easier for me to just pretend everything was okay so that I wouldn't be disappointed by them. And they didn't necessarily provide inf- evidence that, that they would turn their back on me, but I was just so scared that if I did say something and lean into them, that they would turn their back on me. And I was like, oh, then I'm even, it's confirmed my, my isolation, my separation. So there was a huge chunk of my life where I just pretended everything was okay. And I think that just to kind of mirror the social media, right? Do you feel that, right? Like you want, you want to tell somebody, you want to reach out to someone and tell them, hey, I'm not doing so well here. I'm having a really hard time. But you're afraid that if you actually lean into them, they might disappoint you. So instead you put up that post that you're happy. Like, oh, look at my beautiful marriage. Look at how every, this new job that I got, but actually you really don't love, right? Like you're, you like turn that, that way of like kind of just trying to convince yourself that everything's okay, but you also just want to know that people are there for you, like celebrating you because that's a lot, like people want to be there and celebrate with you, but it's really hard when you're having a hard time, <laughs> right? To, to lean into them for whatever those stories are. So that's what created my own own loneliness as a child. And I remember there were so many times where I sat there and I was like, okay, shit is not going well here. And I would go through my list of like, okay, who could I reach out to? And I always had an excuse. Well, this person's going through a hard time too. Oh, this person, I don't know if I'd be able to, they don't understand. Like I went through all of these lists of people and I always had a reason why not to reach out to them. I wonder if that's something that you have, have done for yourself as well. And so it took me a long time to, to build that trust up, to build that courage, to start to lean in. And this book has been for me, just such a healing because here I am sharing all of my stories. I'm like, here they are. And particularly my family and also my friends from, you know, that period of my life from elementary and middle school and high school have now been reaching out and they're like, I had no idea. Oh my gosh, my heart is a little bit broken for, you know, for you because we didn't have this experience of sharing back then. Um, and it's been such a healing to say, oh, you know what, that I created in a sense that my own loneliness. And so that's what I'm asking for you is how have you been an active or a passive participant in creating your own loneliness? Where there are times where you could have leaned into somebody and you didn't have to like completely shed your whole story, but just say, hey, I'm having a hard time here, right? Could you just like, you don't even have to tell them like, I'm having a hard time here. Could you send me one of your favorite songs, right? It could be that surface just so that you're feeling seen and heard and connected in some way. So that's one of the exercises that I offer in Dear Radiant One and the loneliness section is to have um, kind of like your go-to friends, 
like you can just choose one or two where you simply tell them ahead of time, like before you have your kind of loneliness spurt, (laughs) just say, Hey, Hey friends, when, when I text you at some point and I say, I need to be seen and heard, and you don't necessarily have to ask questions or, you know, see what's wrong, just send me a text and tell me how much you love me or what you think is so great about me. And I did that for a number of times when I was going through a hard time, when I was actually writing the book and doubting myself. And I had a couple of friends that I would lean into and I'd say, hey, hey friend, it's that time. (laughs) Tell me how awesome I am. And they would write this beautiful long text, like all of these reasons why they were my friend, why they needed me in their life, what they saw, you know, me as like out into like the collective world. And then it filled my heart. I felt so connected to this person and it got me back on track to saying, okay, I'm not alone. And then it invited me, of course, like I'm seeing these beautiful words from my friend. I was like, I need to acknowledge them, right? So I acknowledged them and I told them how beautiful they are. And and it, it just created, and then they realized like, oh, I didn't even know I needed that, but thanks for that like little love bump, right? So we go along this life and we think that we're so alone, Or we think like, oh, I have to hustle. I have to do this alone. And we might not even be aware of the loneliness, but just reaching out to somebody without expectation, just be like, hey, I see you. I see what you're doing. I hear you. I understand you. I feel you. Um, That, that creates those bonds again, right? It, it starts to dissipate that loneliness. So, Another thing that I've been noticing with um, loneliness is this idea of scarcity, how scarcity perpetuates the loneliness. Scarcity of I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough resources, I don't, I'm not enough, right, to do X, Y, and Z, to feel connected to this person, this experience that I want to do. So I'm just going to isolate and separate myself. And... I'm going to speak into kind of the community that I'm in, right? The healers, the facilitators, the coaches, the heart-based service workers out here in the world, and how I've been really witnessing specifically around since the pandemic on social media, how it's become so loud. It's become so loud on social media. I see, at least because of the worlds that I'm in, when I go onto my Instagram, I just see reels and reels of other coaches and facilitators and and yoga teachers out there kind of like shouting out like, hey, 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 do you need help? And it's like so, it's it's with such the best of intentions because we're all going through. We've all, the last two years was very traumatic. So the healers are stepping up and they're saying, Hey, I want to help you. I want to serve you. But the way that it's being approached, because all of a sudden it feels like there's so many of us out there, like also stepping, a lot of people, I think also stepped out of their old jobs into the space of coaching because they saw that coaching helped them and they want to be of service and coach others. But then there's like this, and I saw this in the yoga world a handful of years ago too, like it's become overly saturated in a sense because so many people do want to step up and help. But then all of a sudden it's like, we're all like shouting out for people's time and energy and money and 
And it's, it's actually creating a little bit of separation. And I, and I see sometimes in these, these specifically these reels where, you know, people are dancing around and pointing out words and saying, Hey, come sign up for my program. Right. I can see sometimes this desperation. I don't see the joy in it. I see like these programs that are saying, Hey, you could also earn six figures through your coaching program. Just do these four steps. And Annette and I talked about this a little bit last week where you're thinking, Oh, I have to do that too. And I just have to do this template that they're going to give me. And there's no, there's nothing of, of you in there. There's no authenticity. There's no true connection. It's just like, let me cut and paste. Let me take this Canva template. Let me do these five steps that my coach did. And then voila, I'll have this business and I'll be helping others. But there's a disconnect there where we're not actually letting ourselves shine in it, right? We're talking so much about pulling out that authenticity in the the person that we want to help, but there's actually not our own authenticity there. So how is that attracting somebody, right? Like if you're not seeing that authentic, true self in the healer and the facilitator, the coach, how are you going to be attracted to that person, right? That person who's searching for it, right? You have to actually be that change. You have to be that person. You have to step into your own authenticity, that step into your own unique voice and own it, right? When you shine in your space, then that's going to be what attracts the other to you. And so that's why I've kind of taken this route. It's funny because like a a couple of years ago, I put out videos like before the pandemic, I was dancing all the time because I was like owning that part of me again. It just brought me so much joy to dance again. I had taken a break from it and I was like, you know, with Movement 109 being that somatic dance practice that I've been offering for the handful of years, I was like celebrating this movement. And then I saw like a whole bunch of people just, you know, having fun and dancing on on camera too. And I was like, okay, well, now everybody else is doing that. <laughs> so let me let me figure out another way to show up in a way that is authentic and like it's still me. So I'm actually like, whenever I see things are being done too much, it tells me, okay, I need to turn the corner and go somewhere else. Um, Because I'm always an outside the box kind of girl. So I own that. Like, I'm not going to try to be that person like that's doing the templates. And I actually did try that. I feel like I did try that last year. I was like, okay, maybe I'm doing something wrong here. Let me just try this cut and paste situation. I'm like, oh, wait, that never, ever has ever worked for me. So I've got to, I've got to turn the corner and do my own thing. And so, you know, creating these experiences through my book with, um, and if you are on social media, you might see like creating these dance, poetry, book reading experiences. That's lights me up. It brings me so much joy. And there's so much like people feel that on authenticity, it opens the door for them to experience their own vulnerabilities, their own authenticity. And they're like, yes, it wakes something up inside of them. So I just want to invite, invite you into some questions that I, that I, when I was sitting here contemplating how to present this today, a whole bunch of questions came through. And this can be for anybody who's feeling lonely out there. Um, you don't have to, you know, categorize yourself as a healer, a facilitator, a training 
um, trainer or coach or, or anything like that, but just anybody who does heart centered work. And this can be you being a parent, right? Loving your kids, wanting to raise better human beings in the world. It doesn't have to have your own quote unquote business, but, um, why do you do? So these are questions for you. And if you want to jot them down for you to sit with at a, at some point, please feel free. So I'll go a little bit slower. But why do you do what you do? The why. I always teach this in my teacher trainings. Like, why are you doing this? Why do you feel called? Knowing your why is like, that's, that's the key to that connection. Why do you do what you do? What do you envision for yourself and for others? So do you envision yourself working alone? And maybe you do, and that's totally fine, right? Or do you envision yourself working with others? And what does that look like? So if whatever path you take, what does that actually look like? How do those, how do those collaborations look? Like, are you kind of the person in charge and people are working for you? Or are you all at the same level working together and co-creating together? And either one is, is beautiful and fine. But how do you see what you do for yourself and for others? And what are the results on the other side of it? And then what lights you up in the process? Like, what are the things, Annette touched on this um, in our talk last week, right? Like, what brings you joy? What, what lights you up? For me, like I, what I said is I love to dance. I love to share my story. I love to do it in a way that is healing for others. I love to do it in a way that's creative. So I'm always looking outside of the box. Like, what is it for you? You must, you know, she, she joked about like not loving Canva templates, like setting up Canva. Maybe you light up there. Like, what is the process that you, that, that you love to do? Maybe you do like to set up a spreadsheet. Leah, who was on a couple of weeks ago, she's our spreadsheet queen. She, whenever I give her an assignment to do a spreadsheet, she's like, I see her face bright and shiny. She's like, yes, spreadsheet, right? Like what, what, in the process do you, that lights you up, make sure that you are, you're embodying it, right? And there might be other things that you're able to give to somebody else to do. If you're not in that position, that's okay. You might have to do a lot of things that you don't love, but, but really embrace what you do light up about it. And maybe you can take those elements and, and bring them into those other tasks that you don't love. And then how do you want to be seen? So how do you want to be seen in the world? So if you're lonely and you're feeling like nobody sees me, right? That's really the ultimate story that we're saying, right? Like I'm lonely I is basically I'm not being seen. I'm not being understood. I'm not being heard. Whether you identify as somebody that wants to be in the spotlight or not, it's that like the person, my partner doesn't see me. You don't have to have like hundreds and thousands of people seeing you, but like my partner doesn't see me, my child doesn't see me, my, you know, whoever it is, there might be just one person. How do you want them to see you? How do you want to be seen in the world? And then how do you need help? How do you need support? 
So maybe you need, you can look at it on the physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual level, right? Like how, how do you need support? Who do you need support from? I physically need help doing spreadsheets. Okay, here we go. Leah, (laughs) can you do the spreadsheet for me? Right. Emotionally, I just, I loved, I was talking to one of my friends um, that I reconnected with um, that I knew from high school, Jesse. We were talking on Zoom the other day, and she was saying she was going through this whole experience of um, of acknowledging an old pattern. And she's like, "Okay, I'm so aware that this my partner is is doing all the quote unquote right things, and I but there's still like a little wound in me. And emotionally, she was like, I just needed her to acknowledge that everything like." the situation and say, it's okay. She didn't have to do anything else, but just acknowledge. So emotionally, she needed to lean into that person and say, can you acknowledge me right now? Can, can you acknowledge the situation? And, the, and she was able to move on, right? So what do you need emotionally? What do you need mentally? Like maybe you need to just talk through something because it's all in your monkey brain. And if you just talk to somebody, get on the phone and like walk through it. Or maybe you need spiritually support need to lean into your guides. You need to lean into the universe, God, whoever it is that's bigger than you. How do you need their help? They're not going to know unless you, you tell them, right? Like going back to my story, my family couldn't, couldn't lean in and help me if I didn't tell them. So You've got you've to take the leap and trust that they'll be there. The right people will be there to help you. And then who is it? Who are like those ideal people that you want to collaborate with? If it is a co-creative experience, if you want to feel more connection in the world, who are those people? If they're not physically in your life right now, start to envision them. Like what kind of people do you want to work with? How, what, what kind of people do you want to partner with on a personal level? Start to envision them because that's going to call them in. If you're just kind of looking around and like, oh, these people that in my world kind of suck, <laughs> right? And you feel that loneliness like, oh my God, I'm really, I'm really not surrounded by anybody, you know, like in your workspace or maybe it's your local community. You're like, oh, right? Like you're just going to continue to feel that loneliness. So start to envision something outside of your present experience and start to call them in, start to find communities, right? There's so much happening in the virtual world right now. So you can go and find those communities if they're not in your physical location. Find the people that you want to collaborate with. And what do those collaborative relationships look like? We kind of touched on this already, but like, what does that actually look like? What does that feel like? What does it feel like to trust somebody, What does it feel like to have that spark of inspiration? When you like, oh, you get this idea. Whether you collaborate with that person or not, maybe it's just this beautiful space where you you brainstorm and it's like, oh, I have so many ideas now. Now I get to go back to being alone and go back to the drawing board and, and bring that to fruition. But like, what does that collaboration look like and feel like? Really get into the feeling of it. So this is, these are the questions to ask yourself to start to shift from 
that feeling of loneliness, that feeling of scarcity. I don't have enough time, resources, people, you know, that your own worthiness, right? You're going to start to lean in and take that leap into that co-creative space to feel more connected again. But there is in that leap, right? For you to take that leap, there has to be this inquiry within. There has to be this, this sense of being okay with being alone. And that I think is something that we have to play with. You know, um, Annette and I talked about the <laughs> being a business owner's a shamanic journey. Like all your shadows come up and like show you exactly like what you haven't been de- <laughs> dealing with. And it's so true because, you know, we have to be okay with being alone. When we create this busyness, and actually I think she just did a social media post the other day about busyness is a tr- like is basically a response to Um, fight or flight, right? Like if we don't like being alone, we're going to create a lot of busyness for ourselves because we, it's so scary to be alone for some people. So like we have to, before we can feel that connection with others, we have to also be okay with being alone. So there's like a step. So if I have to kind of walk us through a timeline, right? It's turning that awareness on like, okay, I'm lonely. Why am I lonely? Oh, because, you know, you can kind of start to point fingers outward. That's fine, right? Social media, my parents did this to me, society, da, 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 politics, whatever it is. Like you could, you could, you could definitely turn that on, but turn the awareness on of like, also how am I the active participant or the passive participant, right? Like you're just kind of looking away and ignoring things, being passive. Like, how are you that participant? And then owning it and going, okay, all right, I see that. I see how I fill up my schedule and I don't like to be alone with myself. So then bolster yourself up in the space of alone, uh, being alone. Like, so something that I offer is like find things that you like to do and being alone. I have a friend and I talk about it in this book that he, um, he's enabling his interests. Like he's making lists of things that he likes to do and he's doing them, whether they involve people or not. He's like, I don't care. Like I'm going to go do them anyways. So make a list of the things that you're, you're enjoy. If you don't know about, if you haven't had a lot of joy in your life, well, what do you like to learn about? What are you curious about? And then just schedule that time for yourself to explore it, right? So start to find ways to be alone. And then in that space of being alone, you're going to start to ask these questions that I asked again, like, what do you, what do you want to do? What do you envision for yourself? What lights you up? How do you want to be seen, right? You start to have these, this inquiry in this alone space. And then that's going to help you step into not only building trust within yourself, but trust with other people, right? So you're going to start to take chances and say, hey, do you want to collaborate here? Or hey, do you, you know, can I support you here? Or can you support me here? And you're going to fi- start to find your tribe, right? And there are going to be some people that are like, no, nah, that's not for me. Okay, cool. You're not the person I've been envisioning to collaborate with anyways. <laughs> and then you go and you find somebody else, right? And you start to, the more that you feel a sense of being with your, within yourself, you're going to attract again. You're more authentic. You're more vulnerable. You're, 
you're stepping into your own unique voice, then you're going to attract those co-creators and you're going to feel more connected. They're going to confirm for you, oh, we're in this together. You are not alone. So I think that, I think that's where we're going to land today. So turn the light on. Turn your awareness on, not just pointing the finger outward, but act, see how you have been an active participant in your creating your own loneliness. Learn how to be alone. At, go into that inquiry and then take those steps to, to connect with others. And one of the reasons why, you know, nomad, we have these archetypes in nomad, right? We are the explorers, we're the lovers, we're the alchemists. So we, we give you this, the space to explore within, explore around the world. We give you these places of transformation, right? These programs of transformation, that's the alchemy, right? And then we are the lover. We love creating community here. So we, we love that space of like, if you don't feel like you belong, well, come hang out with us. Let's see if you belong here, right? We have so many beautiful people and I love our community because it's not, you know, I wrote an article just recently about like niche. Like I have so many people in marketing tell me like niche down, niche down. I can't tell you who I serve because if anybody feels like they don't belong, maybe that's the person I serve. It's like, if you don't feel like you belong, well, come hang out with us. Let's see. (laughs) Because we have so many people in our community that don't fit a mold. We have veterans. We have moms. We have, um, you know, artists. We have dancers. We have entrepreneurs in the healing world. We have, um, I don't know, we have just so many different, different people. And I love that. I love that because when we come into this space and we see somebody who might not be, you know, who looks like me or has the same life as me and we realize like, oh, but we're all still have that same, the same struggles, that same sense of loneliness, that same sense of not belonging. And then we see what we thought was other is the same. And so if I have to niche down, <laughs> it's anybody who doesn't feel like they belong in this world in a way that like they want to lean in and find their people and their people don't have to look like them. That's what I love. That's what, that's what Nomad is. So to wrap up our conversation around loneliness, if you're feeling, feeling a bit lonely, and you're looking for ways to turn that light on, to do the inquiry, to lean into a community, I do invite you to join us at Nomadland. We have various programs and memberships and, and communities that are, are heart-based centered and looking for connections and, and creating more connections and creating beautiful, beautiful projects. I mean, so many projects have come out of Nomad, our nonprofit tribe, my Movement 109 facilitators, um, our Nomad yoga teachers. We are also co-creating this whole experience out of Dear Radiant One with art and music and, and dance and storytelling and poetry. So it's just like it's a space for creation. Like if you have an idea, if you want to feel connected, if you want to co-create with somebody, lean into our community. So I'll leave you with that today. Um, you can join over at the Nomad Collective. Um, there is .org. I'll say that again, nomadcollective.org. My, um, I have a free, actually a free 
course right now, mini version of our moving from fear to trust, moving from scarcity to prosperity, which will give you some beautiful resources to build that trust within yourself. So if you go sign up for the mailing list, you'll get that in your inbox. And you can see what else we're offering over there. You can also go ahead to my website, phoebeleona.com, where you can learn more about Dear Radiant One, the Embodied Radiance Program, and other beautiful goodies that we have happening there. So thank you for being with me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for leaning into new space of connection for yourself and for all of us. And I look forward to co-creating with you soon. Have a beautiful day.